Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. Then turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to read verse 22. Uh, in just a moment, we're continuing our series, The Good Fight of Faith. Last week, we looked at the dangers of disobedience. Today, we're going to look at the fact that God delights in obedience. Archibald Rutledge tells about a man who worked in one of the great forests of the South, and unfortunately, his faithful dog burnt to death in a great fire that swept through the forest. Rutledge said that the little dog had been left under a tree to guard his dinner pail the master's dinner pail, and wouldn't leave it when the flames roared around him. The worker was brokenhearted when he found the charred remains of his little furry friend. With tears streaming down his face, he said, I always had to be careful what I told him to do because I knew he would do it. Now, this kind of unwavering obedience is the kind of obedience to which Christ has called us. We've been talking about the fact that Paul describes the Christian life as a fight. He, he calls us to fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight to believe the promises of God, a fight to stay faithful, to resist the enemies of our flesh, the world, and the devil, and to fight against the temptation to disobey, which often promises an immediate reward the gratification of our flesh, the gratification of our desires. Today, we're going to continue to talk about a key area in the fight of faith. We're going to talk about obedience, the battle to believe and to live out the will of God and the word of God. Read with me, if you will, 1 Samuel 15. We're going to read verse 22. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Now, the key point of this verse is that what pleases God is our obedience to his voice, to his word. Not, not all sorts of, you know, religious rituals or actions, but having a heart that obeys God. And this is a point that Paul reiterates in 1 Corinthians 7, 19. He says, for it makes no difference whether or not a man has been circumcised, and that's referring to an outward religious ritual. He says, it makes no difference whether a man has gone through that outward religious ritual. The important thing is to keep God's commandments. So he's saying the important thing is obedience to God. Now, last week, we looked at the story of Saul's disobedience in 1 Samuel 15, when God had commanded him to kill all of the Amalekites as judgment for when they attacked the Israelites in the wilderness without prov provocation during the Exodus. And for this reason, God had promised to destroy the Amalekites completely, and Saul was to have been the instrument to fulfill God's judgment. God instructed Saul that no one and nothing should be kept alive, and that all of the Amalekites' possessions were to be destroyed. And even though Saul went up to battle and fought against the Amalekites, Saul decided to keep the king alive as a trophy of his victory. And he also saved all of the best cattle and the best sheep alive. So God, because you can't hide anything from God, so God sent the prophet Samuel, 
to confront Saul's disobedience. And last week we saw three reasons why God hates disobedience. God hates disobedience because it's a disregard for him and his word. God hates disobedience because it places self above God. It makes an idol out of self. And God hates disobedience because it is satanic. So if you missed last week's message, I want to encourage you to go back online on our Facebook page or YouTube channel and watch it because I believe it's a very important message for us to understand. Tonight, we're going to look at the flip side of that, and we're going to consider why God is so pleased with obedience. And, And obedience is a fight. It's a fight against the desires of our flesh. It's a fight against the pressure of the world. And it is a fight against the works of the enemy to really live a life of obedience to God. We need to understand why obedience is so important to God. And we need to understand the blessings that it brings to our life. First of all, I want us to see that God takes pleasure in our obedience because everything God commands is for our good. God's commandments are like a doctor's prescription intended to help us not to harm us, right? In fact, Jesus is called the great physician, not the great dictator, amen? The great dictator just wants to control your life and tell you what to do. The great physician wants to help you, wants to heal you, right? In Luke 5, 31 and 32, responding to the religious leaders, Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners and need to repent. So he came to help those that are broken, to help those that uh, are in sin. Mankind is sick, mankind is broken due to sin, and sin is what? sin is disobedience. It's rebellion against God. And we discussed that, as I said, last week at length. But repentance is a turning away from sin in order to be restored to right relationship with God. Repentance speaks of living in a right relationship with God and following his commands. And what does that do? That brings wholeness of life. It brings restoration to our lives. So God's commandments are not arbitrary. They are intended to make us whole. They are intended intended to bring us joy. They're intended to bring us peace. They're intended to lead us to live a life of abundance. Jesus called it the abundant life. If his commands have some painful side effects at times, it's not because the doctor is unwise or unkind. It's because the disease of sin is so bad that severe remedies are required in order to restore us to health, in order to make us whole. It's kind of like if you have cancer and you undergo chemotherapy. Now, chemo is a poison. It's a toxin. All right. And it's a poison that is being infused into your bloodstream to kill as many cells as possible, good and bad, in the hopes that all the cancer cells will die out and the good cells will be able to 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 reproduce and restore health. But when you take chemo, even though it's intended to restore health, you know what? There's some painful side effects. Am I right? But it's necessary oftentimes in order to kill the cancer and restore health. Sin is a terrible disease with a 100% mortality rate. And God's commands are intended to keep us from sin. Every command of God is meant for good. Psalm 119.68 says, You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. The Hebrew says your laws. And a law is a prescribed limit or boundary. And so he's saying, you know what, God, you're good. 
Everything you do is good, so teach me how to walk in your ways because I know your ways are what's best for me. Isn't that amazing? The psalmist knew that God is good, and so he desired to know his laws because he understood that whatever boundaries or commands the Lord gives is for our good. God's commands are loving guidelines of an infinitely wise heavenly father for the good of his people. God's commands are not intended to keep us from enjoying life. They're intended to keep us from the pain and destruction that disobedience brings to our lives. God's commands are intended to lead us to the best life possible. In Deuteronomy 6, 24, Moses said, and the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. So following God's commands ensures God's continued blessing and protection in our lives. Amen. Again, in Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 13, Moses says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your what? Own good. God gives us laws or commands for our own good because he wants what's best for us and he knows what's best for us. Sometimes we're like a little kid, you know, a little kid would eat, you know, a pound of candy, right? If you don't stop them. And sometimes they think you're so mean for not letting them eat all that candy. But you know what? If they eat all that candy, what's going to happen? They're going to get sick, right? But they don't understand that you're rules your limits are for their own good and we can be a whole lot like little kids sometimes with God right we we balk and complain about his commandments because there's things that we want to do that we think are good for us but God knows best and his commands are like guardrails on the side of the road they keep us on the right path to get us to the good destiny that God has for us and to protect us from running off the road into the ditch and being injured. That's what his commands are, those, those guide, uh, guide ways, those, those guide rails that keep us going in the right path. When the Bible tells us that God takes pleasure in obedience, we should rejoice because that means that he, the great physician, the doctor, cares whether or not we get well. When a doctor tells you, don't eat fried foods, don't eat salty foods, don't eat sugary foods, and exercise. That doctor's not trying to be a killjoy. That doctor's not gonna, is not trying to take the enjoyment out of life. He's trying to help you to live a healthy life so that you can enjoy more days active and not sick. That's where we can say amen or oh me. So he's given you that prescription or those commands because that's necessary for you to walk in the blessing of good health. Now, likewise, if God did not take pleasure in our avoiding the things that bring brokenness and pain, which is sin, and in doing the things that bring wholeness and blessing, then he would not be a good and loving God. But because he loves us, 
he puts those guardrails there to stop us from getting off the right path and bringing pain and destruction to our life. So it is good news, not only that he has given us commandments for our good, but that he rejoices when we obey them because he wants what's best for us. Now, the second principle we see is that obedience brings freedom. Disobedience brings bondage. God's commandments are not restrictive. They are liberating. God cares so much for us that he's always trying to protect us and preserve the best that he has for us. He doesn't want us to miss the best, even by settling for something that is second best or something that's just good. And we will never receive God's best unless we refuse to settle for anything less. And that requires complete obedience. When God gives a command, it's not to restrict us. It is to free us for the best life possible that he has planned for us. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 20 through 25, the scripture says, In the future, your children will ask you, What is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us the land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commandments the Lord our God has given us. What we see in this passage is that the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt, but God set them free. His commands were intended to keep them free and enable them to enjoy all of the blessings that he had promised them in the promised land. But if you remember, in the wilderness, they refused to go up and possess the land because of fear, and they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to bondage. They disobeyed God, and they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years where they suffered many things needlessly, like the lack of food, the lack of water, attacks from the enemy. All of those things were needless sufferings that God never intended them to go through if they had just obeyed him at the time that he told them to go up and possess the promised land. And so when we disobey God and we walk our own path, We bring into our lives needless sufferings, needless heartaches that were never a part of God's intended plan for us. And that's why God wants us to obey him and walk in his ways to protect us from that needless suffering. When we fail to obey, we fail to experience God's blessing and God's protection. Think of it this way. Have you ever been so busy at work that you skipped lunch and all you had maybe was a cup of coffee to tide you over? And then on your way home, you are starving and your stomach is talking to you, right? And you're trying to picture in your head what you have in the pantry and what you can make quickly to eat when you get home. And as you're driving home, you start noticing all those fast food restaurant signs. And they're offering a whole array of menu choices to satisfy your hunger. And you know 
that it's not healthy to eat those high-fat foods. You know it's going to raise your cholesterol, that it will cause heart disease, and that you're probably going to have some indigestion and a host of other issues. But before you know it, your car finds itself in the drive-thru, and you are ordering a super-sized combo. Not anybody here. And you wolf it down in the car on your way home as you drive with your knee. What just happened? You know the right choices to make, but you skipped lunch, breaking one of the dietary rules of eating three meals a day. And so you were so hungry that your fleshly desires overtook you, and the drive-through was right there calling out to you. And it was so much quicker, and you could instantly gratify your hunger. Even though you know that eating a fresh, home-cooked meal that you prepared yourself is healthier and will make you feel better, right? And the moment you swallow that last bite of that Big Mac and you feel stuffed, you think to yourself, why did I do that? Ever been there? You settled for less than the best and your indigestion reminds you all night long that you made the wrong decision. And then... You do that often and you become a slave to meds that the doctor has to prescribe for your high blood pressure and your high cholesterol and your diabetes and who knows what else. And it's all from the damage of those little small choices of disobeying the right things to eat. Are you following me? That's a lot of us do with God. We know his way is the best way. But the desires of our flesh seek instant gratification. And the appeal of the world, like those fast food restaurants, calls constantly for our attention. And Satan urges us on. And before you know it, Satan says, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to do any damage. And when we make the choice to disobey God by going outside of his will, we settle for less than the best and will likely end up suffering the residual effect like the heartburn that reminds you of your wrong food choices. God has a wonderful plan and purpose for each of our lives, but to get to that plan, we have to walk in obedience because his plan leads us to what is best for us. So don't settle for less. Choose God's best by choosing to obey. And something else we see is that sin enslaves but obedience sets free. Now that actually sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because we tend to think the opposite. We tend to think that, you know what, if I can do my own thing, I'm free. But if I have to walk according to God's commands, then I'm enslaved. Because we live in a culture that tells us that sin and rebellion is freedom. That's why you have a lot of times kids when they become teenagers and whatever and you're trying to give them godly rules in your home and they're pushing against that. And they're, I can't wait to be on my own. I can't wait to be free. You know? Because Satan tells us to do our own thing. That nobody should be telling us what to do or how to live. The culture says that the word of God and obedience is bondage. 
But that's the lie of the enemy from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden when he told Adam and Eve, when you, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of that tree is because in the day that you do, you shall be as gods. You will be free to control your own life and destiny. But the moment they ate of that tree, they were not free. They surrendered themselves to the dominion of Satan, and he became the ruler of their life, and they became the slave of sin. That is the deception of disobedience. You think you are free to do as you please, but you are really in bondage to Satan and his will. Now we see the extreme of that bondage played out in people who the very first time they took a, a drug, they never intended to become a drug addict, but they became enslaved. The very first time somebody took a drink, they never intended to become an alcoholic, but they became enslaved. That, that's the extreme of how we see that bondage lived out, but it's lived out in so many other ways because slay, sin will always enslave you. But when we surrender our lives to Christ in faith, Paul tells us sin will no longer be our master. We are freed from sin. Obedience leads to freedom while disobedience leads to bondage. Psalm 119 verses 44 and 45 says this, I will keep on obeying your instructions instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Did you hear that? He says, I'm going to keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever, and I will walk in what? Freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. You see, the psalmist understood that there was freedom in choosing to obey. He makes this strange declaration that says, I'm free because I'm walking in obedience to your commandments. So obedience to God's word sets you free. Jesus said it a little bit differently. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Obedience to God's word sets you free because obedience to God is not some rigid adherence to a list of rules. Jesus says all of God's law can actually be summed up in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those things, then you will fulfill all of God's commandment. The great church father Augustine wrote, Love God and do whatever you please. For the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is loved. So to live a life of obedience... Just love God with all that is within you, and then you are free to do whatever you want to do. Because if your heart is set to love God, you will only want to please him. Think about it for a moment. If you love God with all that is within you, then you will want to do what pleases him. You'll want to do his will. You'll want to honor him. Now think for a moment about the fact that our country has all sorts of laws intended to protect children from abuse and neglect. Am I right? But for a parent who loves their children, they naturally want to take care of their children. They want to protect their kids. They want to please their kids. They want to help their kids. They, they seek the best for their kids, right? So for a parent who truly loves their child, there are no laws needed to tell them to take care of their children and not to harm their children, right? 
because they do that out of love. A loving parent from their heart will naturally do what is best for their child. And this illustrates the freedom of obedience to God out of our love for him. When we have a heart that loves God, then we delight in doing the will of the Father because we love him with all of our heart and we, there is no greater joy than to please him. And we trust that obedience to his will will lead to the best life possible. You can't get any, any easier than that. Just love God with all of your heart and then do whatever you please. That's freedom. That's freedom. The good fight of faith is a fight against the desires of our flesh, the pressure of the world, and the work of the enemy that tries to get us to live a life of disobedience. But this battle is fought and won at the level of what we love the most. Christian author and minister Henry Blackaby, who is the author of Experiencing God, said this, God's commands are designed to guide you to life's very best. You will not obey him if you do not believe him and trust him. You cannot believe him if you do not love him, and you cannot love him unless you know him. If you know him, you will love him. If you love him, you will believe and trust him. If you believe and trust him, you will obey him. That's powerful. So let's ask the Lord tonight to help us know him more deeply so that we will trust him more fully, so that we will love him more completely, and so that we will obey him more fully. If that's your heart's desire, would you stand to your feet right where you are, here and at home, and let's take a moment and let's pray this into our own life. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you are a good God and that you desire to bless us and to do good towards us, Lord God. We thank you that you have a good plan for our life to give us a hope and a future. And Father, we know that serving you is the best life possible. And we want to walk in obedience to you. That obedience flows out of our knowing and trusting you. That obedience flows out of our loving you with all of our heart. And when we do, we experience the freedom of being able to live for you, not because we're trying to keep a bunch of rules, Lord, but because our heart just delights in serving you and pleasing you. So give us a heart to know you more fully, to love you more deeply, and to obey you more completely. Father, we ask you that you would do this work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you if you're senior on Saturday morning, but we'll see you on Sunday, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.